Welcome to Tax Justice Warriors, the podcast that celebrates the work of low-income taxpayer clinics, focuses on tax controversy work, and looks at related issues in tax news. I'm your host, William Schmidt. Well, hello, Andrew. It is good to see you once again, and we're going to go over our end-of-year episode and thoughts. So just for quick introductions, I am William Schmidt, Clinic Director of the LITC at Legal Aid of Western Missouri. Andrew Belter, LITC Director at Wisconsin Judicare. I think technically we're called the Northwoods Legal Tax Clinic. Okay, fair enough. Kind of cool sounding. Yeah. Northwoods of Wisconsin. Yeah, get don't get lost in the woods. But, but <laughs> Andrew is there to to lead you out. So all right. So um if, if a notice is an IRS notice is served in the woods, but no one is there to receive it, is it really received? <laughs> Does it make a sound? You know, you can cut that out. You can you can edit that out. <laughs> we'll see. I'm 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 fine with the goofiness. So, and anyway, um, yeah. For I was telling Andrew before we started that that yeah with. Kind of a, a little tradition I had I'd started on the podcast was for the the last episode of the year to to kind of reflect on on what the year has has been like with the IRS and what my how I've done with my goals and um, then for the the first episode of the year then to kind of make predictions and and set goals for the next year but before we dig into that last week Andrew and I were a part of the LITC grantee conference that we do every, we're involved with every December because they like to do annual training for the low-income taxpayer clinics. And normally it has been in Washington DC each year, but with the pandemic, it has been virtual. So I will turn it over first to Andrew and just what did you think? What what impressions do you have? What what highlights do you want to talk about? It was really nice to see everyone, even if it was virtual. It was nice hearing about the innovations that different clinics thought of during the pandemic, increased outreach, increased education, different unique ways that clinics are reaching taxpayers. It was a little bit calming to hear that other clinics were having the same issues with the IRS about response times, things like that. Understandable. They're understaffed, have a lot going on, but it's always nice when you hear that it's not a you issue in particular, it's an us and everyone issue. Also nice to hear that the IRS is aware of it. They are taking steps to try and resolve it especially before this upcoming tax season. Really enjoyed, I guess, yeah, seeing everyone. I I can't wait until it's back in person. Going to DC for the conference actually is a really great time to be, be there. And it's easier to learn, easier to pay attention when it's in person, I think, rather than Zoom. We were, we were talking about how it was actually kind of exhausting, right, Bill? Yeah. But what about you? What did you enjoy or not enjoy? Yeah, I mean, I I agree that 
I, I love the conference, whether it is virtual or in person. I, I love the training, but it, it is such a better experience in person, I find, because I, I really dig the social aspect of, of being there in person that, I mean, for one thing, when it's virtual, it, it seems to end like, you know, depending on, you, on your time zone, but, but for me, it was ending about three or four o'clock each day, and that was it. While when you're there in, in Washington, D.C., with the different clinicians, it's great to, to make dinner plans and, you know, or, or just talk after the, the last presentation has happened to just, just hang out with, with friends and, and other connections um, in the LITC. So, I mean, I, I just find it to be a great social experience to be, I don't know, yet, yes, networking, but, but also like to be building relationships of, of friends and, and professional, I don't know, um, collaborations that, that we can have. So it's, it's wonderful to, to get there in person and, and, and realize like, oh, okay, I, I have this geographic connection with, with this person or, or whatever. So yeah, I, I am totally ready to, to see everyone in, in Washington, DC next December, but, um, Highlights for me, um, I, I agree totally with with what you said, Andrew. I I loved the kind of big picture talks that they had of like um, they had some top people from the IRS saying like this is the direction of of where things are going. Um, I liked Frank Agostino talking about these are some ways to to deal with cases that that he is a great person highly involved in assisting low-income taxpayers, even though he's not running a clinic. And I, I have to give props to, um, with the tax court, Chief Judge Foley, since he's been chief judge, the different tax court meetings in connection with the LITC conference have been great introductions to the different judges to, to really get to know them. Even if even if we're not seeing them in person or appearing before them in connection with a calendar call or, or anything like that, I do feel like I'm getting to know their personalities better by by Chief Judge Foley doing these different question and answer sessions with with the new judges or or different judges that he's highlighting that you know, what, what is their background? What, what are they looking for in, in presenting to the court or, or things like that, that it's, I don't know, I, I really get a lot out of, out of those sessions. And yeah, I always have to give props to the, the LITC conference planning group that they do very relevant presentations that, you know, even if, something a, a topic isn't quite interesting me i i can never say like oh that's that's irrelevant to the litc world that um even even if i'm saying like oh i i'm not necessarily working with that community or or something it is definitely relevant to to other people in the litc world and the whole conference is definitely something that's usable
for clinicians. And I, I keep the notes anyway, all the slides that, you know, maybe they're, they're useful reference if, if I do have a client with that, that situation in the future, as, as opposed to other tax conferences that aren't, aren't really relevant to low-income taxpayers or to individual income tax or, or tax controversies. So yes, I, I love the, the LITC conference. Um, I especially love getting to see other clinicians and interacting with them. So in that sense, I'm ready to move past the, the virtual conferences, but I, I will take whatever training I can get. And um, I, I did, did greatly enjoy the conference, though I agree with Andrew, it, it was exhausting to a degree. I mean, partly that I was juggling other things in, in those days. And so, I don't know, it's, it's always a tough balance when, when you're trying to train everyone, but yet it's like, okay, you have to take out three or four days from your schedule just to, to focus on that training. But highly worth it. I, I, don't, I don't regret any of it at all. Well, there was a good dovetail in there. You talked about tax court and I actually missed the tax court presentation because I was in tax court last Monday. And I think you just had tax court as well this week, right? Now it's, it's close to the end of January, the week of January 24th, we, we have tax court coming up. Okay. You just had a trial scheduled? No, the, this, the, the trial I was talking about is someone with the Kansas City earnings tax. So I, I got that pushed back to, to January. Well, so, I, I was going to say it might be worthwhile to discuss and recap the changes in tax court from this past year. Sure. How everything is now virtual. It, at least for me, it went smooth. It was kind of longer than normal, I think, because more people showed up since it was virtual. I think that's what the, the sense I got at calendar call. Well, yeah. The calendar call I had, and I, I forget which, which month this was, but they wound up including different litigants from other cities, from other weeks. And, and so it was a very blended calendar call. And, and so that, that I think made it longer. And, and it also kind of made it interesting, like the, the breakout sessions for the tax clinics, like some of it, I was kind of like, well, I, I will give advice, but I'm not going to represent someone in Texas just because I've been randomly introduced to them virtually through, through this tax court meeting. So, yeah. Yeah, we, we have a January 24 trial docket coming up for Kansas City. I Now, everyone... The, the tax court is moving all of the cities back in person next year, although they designated, it looks like Kansas City and Wichita are all virtual that day for, for our trial docket that week. So, I mean, at, at, so they are moving in person next year, but they are making exceptions if they're going to keep a, a calendar virtual. And I think it's, 
it may be the smaller calendars or, or the smaller trial dockets potentially that that they are doing. I, I don't know, but I'm, I'm not sure why they selected us specifically as virtual, but I don't know. But as, as a status update, we had five cases for legal aid on the on the docket. Three of them have settled or are settling. One is continued and one is still being negotiated, but that's not a case I'm in charge of. So I can't really update more than that. <laughs> so I like you guys in Kansas City. I'm thinking before everything goes back in person, I might try and see if I can show up to some of these calendar calls and volunteer just to get more FaceTime with the judges. Because like you said, it is important to know the judges. It is really nice that the judges make themselves so available and you actually get to know them. So I think that might be a good idea. One perk of, of them being virtual is that, and I, I just thought of that with you saying that you had litigants from all over the country, there's really nothing stopping us from volunteering at different calendar calls. Yeah, I mean, at, at minimum advising, we, we can do for, for anyone nationwide. Yeah. It's it's just gets to be a question of, you know, do they need further representation? Then that then that gets stickier, but... Then I would send them right to you, Bill. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that's that's the question of, you know, what state are they from and, and so on. But but yeah, no no problem. Okay, any other highlights from the the LITC conference to discuss or shall we change topics? I think we can move on. Okay. So let's let's do a little recap of the big picture in 2021 with with taxes and I'll I'll just open up the topic that things were pretty terrible for how how things went with the IRS as as the big picture that there is there is a lot of backup there is difficulty getting through on the phones to the IRS there are there's a backup of tax returns getting processed and uh, a lot of departments just in general are backed up i mean we we talked previously about the taxpayer advocate service getting overwhelmed and so tough to hear from them as as quickly and so i i think just in in general a lot of its communication with the irs is is so backed up that it's it's just rippling out and and causing more problems yes messy i think i would use the word messy because they uh, they got thrown the stimulus payments then they got thrown unemployment compensation no longer being taxed. Then they got their own advanced child tax credit. And they are a little bit more old school in a way where they need boots on the ground and they're you know, on campus. And because of the pandemic, they couldn't have as many people working, opening mail, processing things. So it was messy and everything did get backed up and that caused a snowball effect where one of the task criteria is if you haven't heard from the IRS in a set amount of time, you're, you can contact TAS. So then of course they're getting inundated because no one's hearing from the IRS and messy. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I agree. Um, and it's, it's even caused a bit of a, a ripple effect to the tax court because they, they have been backed up on, on several things as well. The, the premature assessments has, has been a side effect. For, for people who don't know, that is when a person files a petition to the tax court, but that is not necessarily communicated to the IRS. And so then IRS collections proceeds and there, there basically needs to be, I don't know about a clawback, but, but basically communication to the IRS that, you know, hey, hold your horses and, and rein it in that this person filed a petition with the tax court. So you, know, you, you, you need to follow procedure in, in how, how advanced you're doing. And I swear right now I'm getting premature assessment EITC revocation letters because it seems like I'm getting them on some of my tax court cases for, you know, clients. They, they may not have had the assessment, so the IRS may have caught the assessment, but I got two EIC revocation and, you know, the letter where it says next time you apply, you have to include such and such form. So I'm not sure if that's part of the premature assessment problem too, or if that's a me problem. <laughs> so I'll be listening, I'll be watching the, the listserv to see if anyone else is running into that. Sure. So I, I don't want to just say everything is negative with the IRS across the board that, I mean, I, I think the one area at, at least that I have found that is still running smoothly is IRS counsel and th things related to tax court that I, I don't really feel like, like they've missed a beat in working my cases when it comes to, to tax court and yeah, especially IRS counsel. And there's like even some, some turnover happening locally and I mean, I, I still, it seems to me like they're on top of things and, and communicating with me about my cases. And, you know, like I was saying, they're resolving some of these different cases. So I totally have no complaints with, with, those, with those departments, with IRS chief counsel and the tax court. Once, once the cases are established, I, I think things are, are running pretty smoothly it's it's just a lot of the other departments I'm dealing with the IRS on that that I'm having issues where where the case is either kind of in limbo or the person's getting levied and I'm kind of I'm scrambling to make sure they don't lose more money than they should that that I kind of feel like like those are the three categories of my cases that either I'm actively working it related to tax court, things are in limbo, or I'm, I'm frantically working to prevent levies for clients. I, I, I feel like, like those are my, how I'm doing with, with everything with, with my tax cases. I'm investigating a lot of delayed refunds. And all I can tell them is the IRS is really backed up right now and there's really no way to increase their processing of it. Yeah, it, it helps that that we have another attorney here 
who is focusing on economic impact payments and child tax credit payments. So that that person is just totally focused on communicating with the IRS about that. So I will admit that that would have been a fourth category of mine if if I didn't have someone totally devoted to that, that, that we have a grant that, that allows us for that person to do that work. So there's the stimulus payments that were a big IRS issue, the unemployment compensation, and that became not taxable probably right before all the tax returns were due, maybe a month or two. It was kind of in the middle of tax preparation. And the other big one that I think we're still, I'm still seeing questions about or dealing with the advanced child tax credit. I mm -hmm. think we're going to see that into 2022. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious about the taxes and all, all of the fallout with the child tax credit. And then, I mean, so far, it doesn't seem like they're extending the advanced child tax credit into any further years. I, th I think it's been a good thing for for different taxpayers, but I will agree with with kind of what you were saying earlier about how the IRS has been so they've had to shift their focus so much when it came to the economic impact payments and and the advanced child tax credit and, and unemployment that I mean maybe it's for the best if the IRS gets caught up on things before it puts back gets put back in place i i don't know i don't have all the answers none of us do <laughs> not that not this past year for the irs yeah so we're we've gotten a little bit into talking about next year we'll we'll get into that with our next episode even more but the other thing i was going to do was was kind of review personally how the year went and for one thing, I mean, there was there was the big change of moving from Kansas Legal Services to Legal Aid of Western Missouri, and I had I'd mentioned to Andrew that that one of my goals while at Kansas Legal Services was to make progress with with the Kansas Department of Revenue, and you know, frankly, I I never got past anywhere past a certain point, and you know, now that's no longer a goal. I will see what I can do about the Missouri Department of Revenue, but I, I think, I feel a little bit like the Missouri Department of Revenue is more open to communicating, though I think some of their offer and compromise or settlement policies, like they, they expect more from low-income taxpayers. So it's, it's kind of a mixed bag in that way. But I don't know. I'll I'll see what I can do about reform there, but that's that's kind of long term. But I have to admit, so the year definitely changed for me. So so my January goals, you know, kind of went out the window in in the sense that at Kansas Legal Services, I don't know if I was like, yeah, maybe I, I would say like 90% focused on the LITC and taxes maybe 10% on bankruptcy to to going to legal aid of western missouri where now i'm supervising attorney for the team that it's the consumer protection unit and it's it's a whole group of of areas of law besides tax so now i kind of feel that i'm 50-50 between taxes and supervising or or other areas of law 
you know, there are some days where I'm, I feel like more days I get pulled away to, to other things beyond tax, as opposed to days where it's all taxes, but I don't know. So that's, that's kind of a big shift for me. I guess um, real quick, Bill, uh-huh. do you think that's a good thing overall for attorneys to do for LITC practitioners to do to have a little variety more than just tax work? I mean, I, I, I think that's, that's also mixed in that for one, it helps to be a, a more well-rounded attorney and to know other areas of law and how they, how they affect the, the big picture for the taxes. But I mean, certainly it divides an, an attorney's focus if, if they have that mixed caseload. So, I mean, that, that plays into how much is a pers- an attorney is juggling at the office. Because so, I, I take some housing cases, okay. consults real quick, you know, quick calls. And I think it actually is good to mix it up. It can be a little repetitive, you know, check the, check the IRS notice, you know, do I need to respond? Figure out what, where they are in the IRS system things like that. So then every now and then I get a housing uh, advice brief service. And I think it actually, I'm, I'm having a little bit of fun <laughs> with, with them. And I, I, I think it's something that other ITC practitioners might want to explore, just incorporating some other areas of law into, I'm nothing big or anything, but just to have maybe a mental break from LITC work also. It'll help your issue spotting. It'll help you talking to clients, different different types of clients, different uh, advice. So that's why I asked. Yeah, and I I don't disagree. I just think I think my capacity for working tax cases is is more than than some other people's, and so I, I get I get tired of the repetitive nature of of some tax cases but i don't get tired of working tax cases i mean if if that makes sense but yeah i mean i i don't know so so like i was saying before like i i had the mix of bankruptcy cases and now the the mix of the other cases but i i do like that it it mixes things up for me but given the choice, I would rather do the tax cases and, and come back to those. So, I mean, I don't, yeah, I don't know if I will get to a point where I'm not wanting to do tax cases, you know, ever again, but I've, I've kind of looked at that at, at my career that I do want to keep tax cases in the mix of what I'm doing. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I enjoy the, the work. I enjoy working with the IRS and I enjoy the LITC community. So I want to keep that part of my, my career as, as much as I can, at least for the, the near future. But, but yeah, I mean, I, I think those are definitely great points you bring up, Andrew. You bring up good points too, because I feel the same way about the LITC community. And our positions do open up a lot of different doors for next steps if we ever want to take next steps. So makes sense. Yeah. So so yeah, you you made your transition between 
clinics this year as well, right? Yes. Yeah. And so, so yeah, yeah. Can you can you take a minute to to just reflect on your year in? It was it was good. Legal Aid Society of Milwaukee closed its clinic, so I needed to. Well, I didn't need to find a change, but if I wanted to stay in the LITC community, I needed to make a move, and that's what prompted the change in organizations for a brief moment when it was winding down at my old organization. I was getting more housing cases. I realized I really like tax more than housing. That's why I now only take a small amount and only brief services because my main focus is on tax. And that brief moment where things are winding down at my old organization and I was transitioning to more housing before I moved on to a new position really revealed my own legal interests. And then when I made the move, it brought on a whole different set of challenges. We talked about transitioning, how when you're coming into a new clinic, it's completely different. You have to figure out the processes and power of attorneys. I still at the at this end of the year, I still probably should check my CAF authorizations because I think I don't think the CAF unit processed all my withdrawals. So I need to do that <laughs> to finish out the year. And otherwise it the transition was good. It I I like being a, a clinic director. I'm also the QT, qualified tax expert. I like the organization I work for. The cases are stimulating. They It still allows me to get involved with the LITC conference or different publications. Join the state bar uh, taxation section board. These different opportunities came up and it's been a good year professionally. I can't really complain. Learned a lot, still learning, still going to learn next year. I make a lot of mistakes. I'm sure just like everyone else, but. Well, very good. Yeah. I, I have to also chime in. I'm, I'm really liking my new organization that, yeah, it's, I'm about a little over seven months in. And I mean, I, I find that they appreciate the people and I'm, I'm getting good opportunities working here. So I am, I'm quite happy with, with the management and I, I like it here. So, and I, I agree with, with different things you said, Andrew, that, that I like being a, cl a clinic director and, and so on. We're going to have the, these jobs forever. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> well, who knows, but, but, but yeah, I mean, I, for, for the foreseeable future, I, I am, I definitely want, want to stick around and, you know, build build up years of experience in, in this position. So so when you transitioned, did you come into a situation where they already had outreach and education planned and you just sort of furthered that? Or did you come in and all of a sudden you had to make a make outreach and education plans? And how did that go? Because I know for me, I came in and there it was a pandemic. It was I was coming in fresh, so I had no outreach or education plans, tried to get them in action. I would say my outreach and education was not a success in 2021, but I think the ITC office will understand since it was a transition period. 
how did that go for you? Yeah, I, I was going to be, you know, I, I have to be honest. And I mean, what you said was was basically my experience that that I, I came in and I don't I don't think they really had plans because of the pandemic and I didn't really make it a priority as as I was transitioning in. And as a result, we really didn't do much of anything. I mean, we we did a little bit, but not not meeting our goals for the year. And I mean, I've I've said to my paralegal, we we need to make it more of a priority next year. So I mean that's that's a goal to change next year, but but yes, it it was it was pretty low what we did for the year. And you know, I I, I wish it were better. That that is a, a regret of mine, but you know, definitely do better next time is is a a mantra I, I aspire to. So our brutally honest 2021 review, self-reviews <laughs> of outreach and education. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I do agree that, I mean, with, with the pandemic, I don't, I don't think anyone really contacted us that they were doing outreach. And I mean, there, there, there was a little bit, so we got involved with that, but I mean, I haven't heard about the IRS doing anything in person yet. So yeah, I mean, I, I think the next thing planned is still virtual with the IRS. So yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I may try and get some things going, but, you know, I will see. I, I will make more of an effort into next year, but yeah, being brutal. Well, this yeah. is something that we'll be able to talk about for our 2022 goals. We'll have, we'll have plans all drawn up by next episode. <laughs> well, I'm not promising that, but but I, I will think about it in the meantime. So, Yeah. But yeah, I mean that that is a good teaser for next episode. So so we will talk through what what our our goals are for 2022, what what we would like to improve on for next year and yeah, any any predictions we have with with the IRS and anything else for for the the coming year. So yeah, I think this has been a good talk Andrew. Thank you for for joining me. Yeah, it was a good recap. We covered the LITC conference. We covered IRS changes. We covered our personal, professional changes. I think you do have one other, some some important announcements to recap that we heard at the conference. Yes, yes. Thank you for the reminder. Yeah, one one big announcement is that Heath Fogg is retiring in June or May or June, but they there weren't really a lot of details beyond that. I, I will not say anything further because I want to tease that as as with goals in the coming year. But yeah, any any other pieces you want to to bring up, Andrew? There was a birthday, someone's birthday. Yeah, during what, the ITC um, conference. Yeah, Bob Wonderly, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, but yeah, I mean. But I th- I thought it was yeah it there it was a year of of mixed results I thought it I thought it was a good change for me professionally but the IRS report card is is definitely do better but yeah I also want to say yes as as what happened in 2021 Andrew you you joined me on a regular basis for the podcast 
And I think these have been great conversations. It's, you know, I'm, I'm glad to have you here that, that we can spark conversations. It's a pleasure to have you. We have some good laughs and that's, that's why I wanted to bring you on board. I appreciate it. I appreciate joining. Sure. So with that, I want to wish you and all of our listeners happy holidays, have a happy new year, and we will join you in January. Make sure to relax, rest, not think about work, taxes. Yep. Yeah. Give your brain a break. Yes. In, enjoy whatever holiday you celebrate, and we will, we will talk to you in January. Thank you for listening to Tax Justice Warriors. We have a Patreon page if you'd like to support this podcast. Providing monetary support for this podcast helps with expenses like equipment or travel to tax conferences. Supporting this podcast through Patreon comes with rewards, so check out our Patreon page. Please rate or review this podcast because positive reviews help get more people to know this podcast exists. The views expressed on this podcast are not official opinions of the IRS, the Low Income Taxpayer Clinic Program, or the employers of the people who spoke on this program. Your tax situation is unique, so do not take the statements on this program as tax or legal advice. Consult with your own tax professional to provide you with specific advice on your situation. Tune in next time on Tax Justice Warriors for another interesting tax discussion.